Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to another episode of AvoPod, bridging the gap between baby boomers and Gen Z. I'm Ken Jenkins. And I'm Mike Hubbard. And we're just a couple of 50-something-year-old men, because I'm 50-something. And I'm 50-something. And I think between the two of us. We know just a little something. Just a little something. Just a little bit. And maybe something that could passed on to you. We are excited to have our guest on with us today, Raquel John. Phenomenal, phenomenal young lady. You're going to want to listen to this one in its entirety. Let me introduce her. And there's a lot of stuff here, so it may take me about 30 minutes to introduce her. She's done a lot of stuff in a short period of time. But here we go. Raquel John is an actor, geometric abstraction painter, and writer based in Atlanta, Georgia. As an actress, she landed a first role as the lead in an independent film. Raquel has appeared in short film and PSAs. In 2015, she landed a lead support role in a comedy, comedy starring Tom Arnold. Raquel made her Sundance Film Festival debut in the Netflix film Burning Sands. She's also landed roles in the film Acrimony as Young June and plays a fraternal twin to her real-life brother Isaiah John in the film Downsized. And Raquel can currently be seen in the role of Crystal in the Netflix film Napoli Ever After. And there's more. As a painter... She's discovered her painting abilities while taking a high school design class. Raquel's work expresses her deep thoughts, which ranges from society, human behavior, self-awareness, to natural occurrences of life. Her latest artistic series, Divided But Connected, is a 10-piece series exploring how, as people, we are divided by our differences but connected because we all are human beings. And there's more. There's more, Mike. <laughs> as a writer... Raquel has a passion and a particular way of telling stories which can be enjoyed through her blog, Purposely You, where she shares her passion for helping people, especially women, discover their purpose. Raquel, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you so much. So basically, you don't sleep. You never sleep, right? (laughs) I don't. (laughs) Based on that bio. Yeah, yeah, based on that bio. And it's phenomenal that you are doing so many things as a young person. I mean, when I when I read this bio and looking at you smiling up on that screen back there, I have hope for the future, Mike. It does make you hopeful. It does make you hopeful. And it's all positive. It's all positive. Positive stuff. And I you know. Like yes. Yes, it's very, very positive. So thank you for get, again for taking the time to meet with us. I want to just start asking you questions about your, your young, positive, and packed life. You know, one of the goals of our show is to inspire younger generation. Tell us what it is that inspires you. Oh, that's a great question. Um, I feel like, uh, first, thank you for having this platform for people to have a space to connect and Um, hear great, positive, uplifting content that is definitely necessary and helpful during a young person's journey. Um, I would say what um, inspires me to, uh, is that the question is what inspires me to do what I do? What inspires you to do all that you do? Because you just don't do all that I do. You do a lot of stuff. You know, (laughs) I do. So it's kind of like an internal feeling that sparks like in my spirit. Um, and a lot of it comes from life lessons. So with acting, I kind of stumbled into it, but I stumbled into acting during a time when I was really shy. So it was necessary. 
for me to partake in acting and uh, once I found the love for it, dive deeper into it. With painting, it gave me um, something to be proud of. During the time of high school, I was uh, right up into high school, I was bullied throughout my whole like elementary school, middle school and up to high school. So I was very, mm -hmm. so I was very shy and very quiet and I didn't have many friends. So I would always say to myself and I struggled academically, um, barely making it by. So painting, discovering that talent has given me the ability to be proud of myself. And with Purposely You, I stumbled into that um, as needing just another space to create and be myself. And so I always, I, like I asked myself a question. I said, what do I always talk about with people? And I always say, I always talk about purpose, knowing who you are, knowing your purpose. And that kind of like sparked purposely you. And that's when I just started diving deeper into that and exploring and just using my life lessons as examples to help people through a tough time. I'm glad that you shared that, the bullying part. Not a lot oh, of yes. people are comfortable <laughs> with sharing that. And, and the reason I say that is, we have an episode that's coming out this week where we talk to a friend of mine, uh, Tara Towns. She's the CEO of a company called The Bullying Buddy. It's an app that mm. basically you're able to put onto your phone. And if you're ever in a situation where you're being bullied or you see someone being bullied, they have what's called a, a BBB button, which is a bullying buddy something button. And you just hit mm-hmm. it and it notifies teachers and notifies the police it, it automatically starts recording. So that is that is great that you brought that up. And I appreciate you bringing that up. You just helped someone right there. Yeah, you did. Yeah, um, I, I don't mind sharing. Like, I feel like that's part of the part of, like, building a community and bridging the gap. Um, it's just sharing and being vulnerable. Um, I already went through the experience. And if I could help someone overcome it or help someone... Um, you know, not take their life because of bullying, because it, it takes people's lives, um, yes, then by all means, I just want to share and be that voice. Right. So what helped you get through that period of when you were being bullied? bullied? Ooh, uh, my mom. Uh, if it wasn't for my mom recognizing uh, my sadness and, and asking me questions and being an advocate for me and constantly going to the school to like address certain children with their parents or with teachers, Um, I don't, I always say, I don't think that I would be here today, um, because it was every day, every day I went to school, someone was picking on me for something and people were spitting in my food and people tried to cut my hair. And it was, it was like that it was verbal and sometimes physical, uh, with the bullying. And it was my mom, you know, just being that voice for me and always telling me how great I am, but I can get through it and always talking to me and always creating a safe space where I can feel like myself, at least somewhere. Um, Unfortunately, a lot of times some kids who are bullied, they don't have a voice anywhere. They don't have a voice at school and they don't have a voice at home. So they always feel left out. And that's when the enemy comes in to mess with their mind and make them feel less than. And so that's why I'm very like, I'm very uh, passionate about being kind and having compassion for anybody and everybody. Wow. Your mom did a phenomenal job because you really seem to be a very confident and uh, talented young lady. And that, that we're grateful that that bullying period didn't take you down. 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a question as far as your art, your art mm-hmm. that you do. Uh, your bio mentions that you do something called geometric abstraction. Yes. Can you explain that? Because I have no idea. Do we need a math is. degree to understand this? <laughs> no? Um, I would love to. So uh, essentially, it's just what I do with, um, I just take shapes, like maybe triangles or squares or rectangles, um, and just place them in certain uh, designs. And they're very abstract in terms of like, because it's not uh, portraying like, you know, realism. Now, I'm not painting people or, you know, painting something that would be still life, like say like uh, some flowers or some fruit. I'm taking these shapes and just turning it into whatever I feel. So that's what it is. It's a lot of, uh, I guess you could say it's, you know, geometry involved, which it is in a way because math is involved with the line of work that I do with my art. And then I implement um, linear designs with it as well. A lot of line work things that can kind of like mess with your eyes in terms of like maybe having this optical illusion of it moving or, you know, uh, give you another feel of another perspective of how it looks on the paper and things like that. Is that like one of those paintings where the eyes follow you around the room? Is that what you're talking about? It can, it can, it can feel like the designs are following you. Yeah. It is something like that. That's creepy. (laughs) I've got one of those paintings. Actually, my grandparents had it in their house. Oh, no. And I used to. It's always at the grandparents' house. Right. What's up with that? But I used to. I used to be scared. I. I wouldn't like. I don't want to go in that room. They just go in that room and go to sleep because that's where the bed was when I stayed over there. Oh my god. Yeah, and I wouldn't go in that Torture. room, man. It was, right. It was like it was, was me into some <laughs> demonic, you know, some demonic pit <laughs> with this eye. These eyes that follow me all. Over. Anyway, I'm sorry. I told you we get distracted. Now his dad also put a lock on his telephone. Oh, so. she don't know anything about that. So, do you know? We'll, we'll tell you about that at another time. Do you know anything about a lock on the rotary? First of all, do you know what a rotary phone is? I should because like I'm young, but I'm like, you know, but no, I don't know. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> my point made. <laughs> a rotary phone was those things that you stuck your finger in and you you moved in with zip you dial the number zip and it spun back. Oh, the little circle thing? The circle yeah. thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know yeah. that. Okay, okay, okay. I just didn't know it was called that. I was just like, oh, the little circle phone. Right. And, and my dad used to keep us from making calls by putting a little lock in there so we couldn't dial. Anyway. Oh, no. Anyway. We digress. Pray for Ken. You're getting me off on another tangent, Mike. <laughs> So let, let me ask you this, um, Raquel, as a young person, you know, we are hopefully towards the end of this pandemic. Um, you're in Georgia. I know you got some political stuff going on there. That's insane. We're in Texas and we've got some politicians here that have just lost their mind. So hopefully we're coming out of the end of this pandemic. That's a whole nother story. But what were some of the things as a young person, what were some of the things that affected you the most through this pandemic? Mm, oh well uh it made me not necessarily from a uh from a work standpoint like I can do my work at home like I can't act at home but I can audition at home but like painting and writing I can do that at home so from the standpoint of creating it didn't affect me um it actually gave me more time now from a perspective of self life what's important what I valued that definitely it kind of shifted those perspectives on me and my life. Um, 
it just made me think about, it made me look at myself, but also made me really look at society, like with a magnifying glass of like this, the structure of how it really is built up to destroy us mentally and make us desire things that are so external that to the point where if we don't achieve external goals, then we are, we feel unfulfilled when in reality, the most important part of being a human and the human experience is having that internal satisfaction of just knowing and being and appreciating life within itself. So I had to, I like, it made me look at that more. You sure you're not 40 something years old? <laughs> 60 something years old. Eyes beyond her I'm going to start reading your blog. I know. Wow. <laughs> she wow. probably got some really good stuff in there. I mean, you just hear some of the stuff that came out of her I mouth? I did. I did. Oh, my gosh. That is, that is so impressive. I am so impressed with you, young lady. So, so Raquel, Thank you're you, an yes. actress, you're a painter, and a writer. Mm-hmm. Which one of those things do you enjoy the most? Okay. I'll go down the list of the purposes of all, because I feel like they all um, serve a purpose within me being me. Um, I'll start with painting, because that was like my first love. So painting is my therapy. It's the only time where I don't think, where I don't have to think, where I'm not overthinking, where I honestly feel um, completely satisfied, where I feel joy, where I feel peace, where I feel happiness, where I feel just like this is so me. It feels like a a spiritual connection. So, that's what my art serves. It serves as a therapy for me to regroup and refresh my mind. Acting gave me my voice. It taught me to be confident. It taught me to focus on myself in a way because you get rejected so many, so much in acting. Like to this day, even when I audition, I get rejections. So it taught me to not take things personally, but to find the strength and confidence within me just being who I am. And to not see it as like a downfall or a failure or uh, or not be even even from the perspective of not being wanted. It, it So it kind of made me have to like place the value upon myself within myself and for myself without having to get the approval of others. So that's what acting serves for me. And purposely you is my life's work. This is the work that I've been doing since I've been bullied, but I had no idea that that's what it was. Like the the times of me sitting to myself, the times of me um, not really going to parties, but, you know, staying to myself and developing who I am, understanding what it means to be me, um, understanding what is my calling? What is my purpose? What are my gifts? What are my talents? Like sitting there and asking myself those questions. So purposely used, definitely, I will say my life's work. And something that I use to build a community for others so they can feel connected to uplifting positive content, but also to let them know that life is life and things will happen. Things will, it will redirect you. It will test you. It will tempt you. And so you have to just know, knowing who you are through it all is how you'll get through. That's the only way for you to get through. Because if you're going through life pretending to be something you're not, you will fail every single time and find yourself in a repetitive cycle and wonder why you feel the way that you feel years later or even months down the road. So purposely, you has provided that opportunity for me uh, to just continue to do the self-work myself, but also share it with others who may 
be in need of it. Right. And I'm going to go back to the bullying. Um, mm -hmm. Do you, did bullying kind of push you to being in the creative spaces or were you being bullied because you were a creative person? That's interesting. Actually, I was so shy in school that I didn't even like the only time we me and my siblings even showed like creativity was when we would be at home. Like my parents have tons of home videos of us like putting on little shows and like listening to Michael Jackson and, you know, just doing little like recreating music videos. Right. And so that's the only time we showed that we were creative and that's the only time we felt confident. So I was really bullied because I struggled academically and I had to keep getting pulled out of class for extra help and I was failing tests constantly because my brain I just couldn't comprehend and it just would not stick so um I so I was really bullied starting off with that then you know you go through that phase as a child where it's just like you just like oh I gotta wear glasses now and oh this is this is the in-between stage of getting to the point of puberty and then uh, becoming an adult and so having to ride that wave and people were still like, you know, picking on me because of how I looked, I looked so different, whatever the case may be. Um, but yeah, so I was really more so bullied because of that. And I fell into creativity. I guess it was always there, but I just never tapped in to really discover it. I think life, uh, when you are called for something, God will present it when it's time. Oh, yeah. And I think that's just how I got into it. We, we can add preacher. To that yeah. bio. Evangelist. Evangelist. Kill John. <laughs> so I'm going to need to see a birth certificate because this, this child is at least 50 with some life experiences. I do have an old soul. I was told, um, my mom was told that uh, when she was pregnant with me by this lady, she's like, you're carrying an old soul. Mm. And she's like, wow. she doesn't necessarily want to come back, but she knows like she has to. So I've always felt that even like as a kid, I always felt different. I had better conversations with adults. I um, had more meaningful conversations with adults, uh, kids my age. They just didn't get me mentally. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, you need to hang out <laughs> with Amanda Gorman. Who was that? The young lady who did the uh, the poem at the oh, inauguration. Yeah. It's, it's Amanda oh, Gorman, yeah. right? Yeah. I believe so, yes. Yeah. yeah. That's a you remind Yeah. Just powerful young spirit. Ooh. Man, I'm, start, I'm starting to feel the Holy Ghost up in here, Mike. Don't start shouting. Don't start shouting. Ah, all right. We don't have no ushers in here. <laughs> <laughs> but we will take an offering. Oh, yeah, we will. <laughs> Send our love offerings to... Donations, yes. There right, you go. So, uh, next question for you. Um, what would you say is the biggest misconception that older generations, let's just say baby boomers like like Mike and myself, what's the biggest misconception that you think they have about your generation and younger generations? Oh, that's a really good question. Yeah, um, we, we, I never we thought got, about that. Somebody called us astute one time, right? We were, we were pretty astute. That's we, what they said. Meaning that we got something brains. That's what they said. On. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, so we, we every now and then we come up with some some <laughs> intellectual questions. The, the questions that make you think. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um wow mm. honestly i don't know so for I instance, honestly, I'll, give you, I'll give you an example so so okay i'm gonna, just gonna ask how old are you 
I'll be 30 in August. Okay. So my daughter is 24, right? Mm-hmm. And, and she said, the biggest misconceptions you guys have is you guys are judgmental. Your, your generation is judgmental about mm. us. So you think, you know, you think we're lazy. You think that younger folks don't really want to work hard. You think we just want it all, you know, quick and easy and fast, overnight success. So that's kind of an example. Um, does that prick any things for you? Does that, that stir anything in your brain? Uh, no, no, honestly, because I'm, it doesn't. Only because I have my own opinions about some of the, my generations. <laughs> 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 about how we process certain things. Um, Feel free to share. You're amongst friends. Okay. Yeah, just just out of pure honesty, um, I feel like what I feel like, I don't even, the intention of the older generation is pure. And I think the communication of the older generation is where there, that, that causes the uh, division within, um, between the younger generation and the older generation. Um, due to how, you know, you guys grew up and my parents grew up, it was one of those things where it's like, you do as you told, period. Exactly. There's no, supposed like, to. you're not <laughs> supposed to, right? Like you, there's no conversation. <laughs> no. That's it. No, you get this That's belt. It. You get this belt. Exactly. Talk back to me. Who are you talking to? I'll <laughs> beat you in the next week. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. But I do feel like a healthy conversation with um, with the pure intention of just wanting that person to go on the right path is where you build a relationship. And I, I feel like there's a lack of relationship due to the fact of feeling like, well, you just don't understand me because you only see it one way. And it's not that our parents see it one way, it's just not knowing how to communicate what they're really trying to say. But that's because you guys weren't able to communicate the way that you needed to as a child. Mm. So it created this space where you now just do as I say, because I know, rather than let's have a conversation, let me ask you certain questions. Let me, let me pick your brain to see where your mindset is, where you, how do you feel about who you are as a person? Because that also affects a person's decision-making. Um, so it's just like, I think it's more so the communication. Right. Yeah. So me not having the ability, I'm just repeating what you said. No, no judgment, no, no judgment, but me not having the ability to communicate effectively with my parents is what creates the lack of communication with much. That is Wow. Yeah. And I don't, you know, it's generational. Yeah, it is. And I don't even think it's the ability to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. It's seeing the need to do it. You know, because as an older person, it's like, I don't need right. to communicate with you. You right. do this, you do that, and that's it. I pay the rent. Don't yeah. ask no questions. I buy the food. Right. Do I, I brought you into this world, I can take you out. There you go. That's it. Wow. So we got to yes. work on that, Ken. What's that? We have to work on that. We, ooh, yeah, yeah. So there's this thing that happens to us regularly, Raquel, is, is we start realizing a whole lot of stuff about ourselves <laughs> through these shows. Mm. So they're almost self-therapeutic for us. And uh, I end up being on the couch every now and then. I just felt like I had a couch moment there. He got issues. I got issues. 
No, we all have things that we have to unpack so we can get to the true versions of ourselves. But the thing is, it's always going to evolve. You're always constantly changing. You're never going to hit the peak of who you are because as, as we get older or as, you know, as these bodies get older, that means understanding the body differently. That means changing how we eat. That means changing how we work out. That means changing how we live life. So we're constantly evolving. And that and being open to that is what is beautiful about life. Just being open to the evolution, the, the evolution of, of, of the human experience of just growing and wow. being like, like I am, I am me now, but tomorrow I may learn something new which helps me evolve or, you know, a couple of months from now, maybe different. This conversation could go deeper. You know, it's all about being open to change and changing for growth. Wow. I am me now. Huh? Wow. That's my takeaway. I got to think about that. I am me now. Wow. Man. So, so Raquel, who are some of the influences in your life? Who are some of the people that help, shaped who you are and and what you do well i would say my family for sure my mom my dad my brothers um i when i first started acting i met uh this this wonderful man named eric merriweather um dr eric merriweather um and he became like my life coach he helped me uh, he guided me spiritually. He would use the Bible and then he also would just use life lessons to help me through the process along with my parents and my family. I have accountability partners and, and those people inspire me constantly. Those people help shape me because I only see me from my p- perspective, but someone can always say, I see, yeah, I see you're doing this because I'm on the outside looking in and I'm always open to those suggestions. Like if someone say, hey, Rock, I notice that you do this or this, or are you okay? Or whatever the case may be, I'll take it and I take it up to God. And I'm like, God, guide me through this. Like, what is it that they're seeing? So I can understand it for myself. So it's, it's those people around me. And I meet people all the time that spark this um, inspiration within me. My brothers inspire me. My baby brother is the most dedicated, self-disciplined young man I've seen in my life. I'm like, where did all this come from? Cause I mean, I, I like, I do a lot of self-work, but when it comes to like, maybe, um, I'm a procrastinator. (laughs) Um, so he's very like, I got a schedule, I'm disciplined. And so I'm just like, I take, I like, I watch him and I take that, you know what I'm saying? I learned from that. Um, my mom is so strong and I'm like, I see her strength and the way she handles business. My dad is peace and calm. And I pull that and, um, uh, my brother Isaiah, he's like this risk taker, which you need every, you need all of those components. Mm. You need all of them. Right. So I have like, everybody like has something who's around me. That's like maybe something I need and that's inspiring. And that pushes me. Wow. I'm more impressed minute by minute as we communicate. So you have, is your whole family, now you mentioned your brother Isaiah, how many other siblings do you have? Uh, it's just three of us. So it's me, Isaiah, and my baby brother, Ivan. Ivan. Now, are all three of you into acting? I know you're, you're, Isaiah's in, in a couple of shows. Um, all three of you guys act? Is that something you all say? Actually, to do? 
Well, um, we're all in the industry. The baby brother is a stunt man. Um, so he's doing stunts and I'm coaching him on acting. He'll get occasionally yeah. get like some um, auditions and I'll coach him through. And um, Isaiah, now Isaiah always knew he wanted to be an entertainer. He mm-hmm. said that since he was a child, like this boy knew, like he, it was so clear. I was like, <laughs> when I mean clear, I mean, you like, how you know? You don't, you're only four. Like, how do you know? <laughs> but he knew and he was right. Like he knew it. He would tell his teachers, his teachers say, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'm going to be an, uh, um, an entertainer. That's what I want to do. That's what I want to be. I'm like, dang, okay. Um, Raquel, what do you want to be? I'm like, uh, I'm going to be a teacher and blah, blah, blah. Right. And I want to so be, like, be an astronaut. Right. You know, just come right. up with I want to be a Formula right. One driver. I want to be all those cool. Right. But that, it's so interesting. So he always knew. Yeah. I stumbled into it. And my baby brother, he always had a passion for... Um, he teaches himself everything. He taught him, he potty trained himself. He he, he taught himself how to tie. Yes, he did. Wow. Yes, he did. Very independent. This kid, like, that's what I'm saying. That's that discipline. Like he was so he's so determined to do whatever it is his heart is set out to do. And he likes to do it himself. If he needs help, if he really, really needs it, he'll be like, okay, fine, I need help. But he will make sure that he pushes himself to where he can do it himself. Which is like, yo, that is amazing. So he uh, he always had a passion for like fighting, like learning about different martial arts and things like that. So that's how he got into stunts. He was teaching himself, and then he got a teacher, a sensei, and then now he does stunts on. He's done several projects and 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 continued to flourish and grow with that as well. That that just gave me a very funny thought, right? So <laughs> your older brother Isaiah um, is. You know, in terms of sibling sibling rivalry, would he ever like intentionally like do something in the film, knowing that his younger brother's going to come in and and do the stunt, and that way, you know, he don't get you don't get blamed by his parents for getting his little brother hurt. Uh, no, <laughs> I know that's cruel, but my big brother used to beat me up all the time. That's my brother. See, I'm on the couch again. Oh my, God. oh my goodness. You know that is funny because like now that the baby. Like, my baby brother's taller than both of us. So, okay, a little honesty here. You know, as siblings, we can be mean. Exactly. The older ones can be mean to the babies. That's where so we're going. We, we were a little mean to baby bro, but now he's taller in every, than everybody and can kick everybody's butt. Jack, so we all look. like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> he all, but he like, look, I'll put you in a headlock if I have to. <laughs> I'd be like, no, please don't do it. Because <laughs> I, I can, I can imagine uh, as they like, uh, excuse me, uh, talking to the director. Excuse me, um, why don't we, why don't we put that that scene where the car flips over four times, and uh, have my little brother be the stuntman? Or when the guy punches me in the face <laughs> six yeah. times. Yeah, yeah, I got the perfect stuntman for you. So, so Raquel, have you guys worked on any projects together? You and your uh, all three of us. Yeah. yeah. No, not yet. Honestly, I'm actually I'm working de- on developing um, some content for just as another avenue because I, I need more stuff on my plate. Clearly, I don't have enough. So I'm <laughs> developing some new content where I am incorporating all of us in it together. So That's I'm just awesome. at the beginning stages of that. So hopefully I, you know, package it up and, uh, you know, pitch it out and see who, who wants it. And so that incorporates the writer part of you, right? We talked about the acting. Well, we talked about the actually, I 
can write, but when it comes to like script work, that's a whole nother ball game than just like inspirational writing. Mm. So I actually, I have a friend who is an amazing writer. She's actually um, assisting me during this process and helping me develop this show. So it's like a thing between me and her where it's like, I created the show, but she's writing it for me. I just give her the stuff and she pieces it all together. So um, I have help. Uh, I could do inspirational writing. I'm sure I could write a script, but I just, I don't have, I want to just focus on creating. I'll probably dive into that a little later when I feel like when it sparks in my spirit. But right now I just want to create the content. Yeah, that was, that was my thing. Inspirational writing. Uh, I'm going to shamelessly plug my movie. Um, so I wrote a film called A Heart That Forgives and it's, it's inspirational. Um, yes. Part two is, is going to be inspirational. So yeah, I, I can get that. I can dig that inspirational writing. And a lot of times, at least for me, when it comes to inspirational writing, it's not okay. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to start tonight at nine o five on the. No, it, when it hits you, you realize I need to get this down. Whether it's in the middle of the night, you know, whether it's in the middle of the day, you know, whether it's meditation in the restroom, whatever it is, right? When it's inspirational, when it comes to you, when God puts it on your heart. You just got to take advantage of that and take the opportunity to put it down. That is awesome. That is awesome. Yes. <laughs> um, so you're in Georgia, right, Raquel? Yes. Mm-hmm. And we all know Georgia's been kind of ground zero almost for Georgia. a lot of political Yeah, stuff. it has. So were you involved in it politically at all? In, in- Honestly, I'm not. I... Whenever God tells me to speak, I'll speak on certain things. But when he when when God doesn't lead me to, I stay out of it, Um, because also what we have to understand is too like the realm that we live in, not only is it physical, but it's very spiritual. And I dare not partake in something that will spiritually drain me because I need my all my spiritual energy for myself and the things that I have going on. But um, usually stuff like that is more so like one on one conversations with people. Um, where, you know, if I'm like hanging out with family or if I meet someone for the first time at an event or at a meeting or something like that, and it's just like spark that way, that's when usually I, you know, I'll partake in the conversation. But in terms of like, you know, from the standpoint of social media or just going to like the big crowds or anything, no, I, I haven't. Mm-mm. Right. Right. And now you, you've, you've mentioned a few times during our talk here, you're a spiritual person, you're obviously a woman of faith. Um, some of our previous shows, we spoke with some Gen Zers and they had a very unique outlook on religion and the church and all of that. What What is your take on the church now as a young person and where we are as a faith community and how that's impacted your life? Um, I grew up in the church. Now, I will say, my spiritual connection, uh, I grew up around being very spiritual and in the church and reading the Bible. Uh, my grandmother, my uh, on my mom's side and my grandparents and my dad, uh, my dad's parents. So like I always was around it. Now I will say like growing up in the church, I didn't necessarily understand a word that was, you know, being preached. Um, it didn't happen until I decided within myself that I was going to learn and I was going to study. Um, 
So I, I took it upon myself to just start doing like reading the Bible and I have the Bible app and I have my physical Bible and I take my notes and things like that. Um, and that's how like I developed into like who I am. But also I knew that like because of just my, like the journey of my life, I had no choice but to depend on God in every situation. And to this day, I still have to depend on God because there's always going to be something that makes you feel less than. And I dare not feel that anymore. Like going into this new space, I want to feel positive no matter what. Like even if someone comes at me with a nasty attitude, I want to just be able to brush it off. Like that's on you. And I feel sorry for you that you have to be this wear this coat upon you that is so weighing you down. Mm. So I am focusing on like, that's why I have to lean on God. Like just today I was at a store and the lady was there. I was just like, excuse me, ma'am. She was like one second. Like she was nasty with me. Mm. And I was just like, okay, later Raquel, you're going to do Bible study. So like this brushes <laughs> off. Like, so, <laughs> so, so how um, does, um, how did it impact the, the, projects that you accept or the roles that you accept does that play oh, a part in it? it oh absolutely I'm very picky and some people say you don't you know I mean I'm 10 years in the in the industry um but I was picky from the very jump because I feel like what I choose I am going some little girl is going to watch mm. and I want to make sure that it's okay mm. I want to make sure that the younger version of me could watch it and feel hopeful and feel inspired. So I'm very like cautious of like what I do, what I pick up on um, uh, in terms of projects. I am definitely very, very picky and it does matter to me because acting is not just acting. We are being, and if I'm going to take on another person's personality through script, through words, through um, whoever created the character, I need to make sure that I will be okay at the end. Wow. So I'm going to ask a follow-up question to that and maybe a little sensitive. Do you feel that you may have lost some opportunities because of uh, your discretion? I don't look at them as losses. I look at them as God protecting me. And mm -hmm. I always felt that way. I, and I always felt that way. That's why I never saw it as like a thing of like, um, as a, oh, I'm failing. Yeah. I always saw it as like, okay, God, thank you for protecting me because I don't need to be around it. That's how I see it. Like, um, and I don't dwell on it. I'm like, because I know bigger and better is coming. Even if that means me writing my own content and putting it out there. There you there. go. There you go. I'm okay. Like, I'm literally okay. Life is, I'm breathing. I'm great. Right. I'm blessed. I, That's I am, the blessing. I'm breathing. <laughs> I am officially writing evangelist Raquel John down here in your bio. That, that's, she that's, preaching. Yeah, man. She preaching. She making my spirit feel good. So how does your, how does your, and I know we on religion here. That's but okay. That was an interesting topic amongst Gen Zers. Um, how does your peer group, how do they view religion and church and all of that? What do you see amongst your people your age? Well, a lot of them have shifted. Uh, a lot of them grew up in the church, but they kind of drifted away. Um, and I and I would ask, and I never come off judgmental, and I think that's why I get to have these deep conversations with a lot of people who don't believe. I have a, surprisingly, I talk to pe a lot of people who don't believe more so than I do to people who do believe. Um, and we just have dialogue. I just want to know what happened, what made them, you know, shift. And I come at it so 
I don't even usually when I talk to me, I don't even talk about God when I'm around people. That's my personal, that's my, that's my uh, personal connection and relationship. And it's sacred to me. Now, if God leads me and it flows like how it's flowing in this conversation, then I will speak on it. But like, I don't just usually go like, I'm a believer. I just, I just <laughs> we're not, we're we're not going to find Raquel on the corner with a tambourine. We, I don't think so. Oh, we, we not. So, because usually the people who you are supposed to talk to, God will lead them to you because they're going to be attracted to your light. Right. So usually people go, you're different. I'm like, yes. And they say, well, what do you believe? And I'm like, oh, this is what I believe. They're like, how? Mm. And I'm like, what do you mean how? They're like, you're not judgmental. I'm like, I know, because I'm not supposed to be. Mm. I'm like, that's mm. not my job. My job is not to judge you. My job is to love you. Mm. Yeah, we gonna hold so, on a second so I can run around the room. Uh-oh. Oh, I'm getting up. Uh-oh. Go ahead. My job is not to judge you. My job is to, to love, love you. you. I'm getting a lot. Yeah, that's right? God is the judge. He's the he's he's the judge, not me. Mm. Wow. So what you do does not affect my life. What I do affects my life. What you do does not. So therefore I love mm. like it's about building that bond. And that's what helps people see different. There was one time me and my brothers, um, not me and my brothers, me and Isaiah, we were taking an acting class and this guy just started talking to us randomly. He said, I could tell you guys are different. He was an atheist mm. and we told him. And by the end of that conversation, he said, I'm going to go home and read my Bible. I said, wow. you do that. Wow. And I was just like, that's just what it is. Like right. you just be like being honest because it's giving them. Now I will say this. I will say the church is very like, like it's like this is very robotic right. and life within itself is not robotic. And I noticed that there's a lot of things that are very like point, like points that um, every church tends to point out on. And it kind of makes someone who doesn't know about that world or doesn't know how to build a connection with God, it makes them uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. And that's why a lot of people stray away. They don't feel comfortable to be vulnerable to get that guidance. And in order to help somebody, you got to make them feel comfortable. They can't feel judged. That's going to shut them down. They can't feel like they don't fit in. That's going to push them out and seek where they do fit in even if they know in their spirit, because their spirit talks to them, even if they know that their spirit is telling them, no, they say, well, I feel accepted. Mm. Regardless, people want to feel accepted. That's why people do what they do. It's about, they just want to feel a part of something. And that's why a lot of people stray away to doing other things because they don't feel accepted within the church community. They feel more accepted out here. So, Mm. yeah. That's actually been a recurring theme. Um, not just with some of the young folk that we've talked to, but we've had, uh, in honor of uh, Mental Health Awareness Month, we've had a couple of uh, licensed therapists, and one gentleman was actually a PhD in psychology, and they talk about that. They talk about um, the judgment and how some people just need to find their safe haven. Right. I, think yes. you, I think you called it, Mike, you called it a sanctuary. Right. Like, where's the new sanctuary? And people are, young folk are finding that in, um, in in mental health um, solutions, right, and therapy and things like that, which is great, right. I mean, because you know, we as a as a people have been so uh, so turned off for so long, uh, rightfully or wrongfully. I'm not I'm not judging that, but you know, we've just shied away from that that part of our overall uh, health, and uh, so that's been a recurring theme. So 
It's good to have mm-hmm. you say that. It sounds like sounds like we uh we're doing something that's astute. We are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we are doing something. So, Raquel. Yes. You're obviously very <laughs> a person that <laughs> understands your purpose. Yes. You, you seem you, you get that? I, I, she, she seemed kind of wayward to me. Right? She's <laughs> she like, ain't quite sure. She's what just kind of like doing. you know floundering all over the place, right? right, right. But not sure what. No, right. no. Laser sharp, big red target. <laughs> kind of. This is what my life and God has called me to do. Right. Bam. So, what kind of advice would you give to younger people that haven't quite figured it out, don't quite know what to do or what their purpose is? What What uh, advice would you give to them? I would say take time to yourself. Get comfortable with you. Um, don't be so quick to like uh, avoid the absence of people. Um, it's important. That's when God talks to us the most. A lot of times is when we're by ourselves um, because he gets to, that's no distractions. Um be available for your greatness. See your greatness. Don't mm. allow other people to place value upon your greatness because once you allow someone to say, you are great without you knowing it first, now you're going to seek outside people's validations and you will do whatever it takes to get that person just to simply say you are great, which means it can lead you down a, a path of destruction and or uh, a path of being in a repetitive cycle that you can't get out of. So you define your greatness for you first. Know that you are great. You are here. You're on this planet. That within itself shows you there's greatness and a purpose. Now I will say, um, I feel like people's purpose change as you go along your life. I feel like um, I feel like there's an ultimate calling, but I feel like the purpose of each time and age and uh, season of your life will be different. Um, and that to ask God to guide you through that so you can understand and not be saddened or not be doubtful or fearful. So, yeah. Man, I feel like I've wasted so many years of my life now. I know. <laughs> like, what, the Why? what in the world was I doing? What have we been doing, kid? What was I doing with my life? <laughs> Man. Oh, my goodness. You are speaking some words of wisdom. But and you know what? Uh, one more. Go ahead. It's not too late. And another thing I want to say, too, what I don't like about this structure of society is they make it makes you feel like you're not accomplished because um, you haven't hit a certain mark yet. Like, I noticed that, like, my like my generation and younger, it's all about I pay my bills and I do. That doesn't make you an adult. That doesn't make you. <laughs> That doesn't make you wise. That doesn't make you mature. That mm. just means you're responsible. You, right. you did the responsible thing of paying your bills. Okay, that so doesn't right. make you an adult. What makes you an adult is knowing that your validation doesn't come from anybody but you and God. That's, that's maturity. That's being an adult. Like, I hate that we, we see things or society has placed it upon us to value ourselves based off of what we have tangibly. That doesn't matter. The only thing we own, and we don't even own it, we're renting it, is this body. Ooh, and half ahead. of us abuse it. Go ahead. Uh-oh. Preach, and half of us abuse it all the time. We <laughs> abuse it mentally. Say we it. abuse it physically. Say we it. abuse it spiritually. We abuse it all the time. And it's like, that is your true ownership of this time and space that we're in. Wow. 
Like, because when we're gone, all we're left is with our spirit and you don't mm. even know, you can't even determine where that's going. Mm. So why about? you are awake, why you are awake, why you are here, why you have a conscience to know and do from a physical realm standpoint, take care of this body because that's the only thing you own mm. right now. That's it. So I'm I'm gonna lay down on this table right here because I I am like, I'm officially on the couch, Mike. Uh, I've been I've been avoiding it, but man, she just laid some stuff on me. She preaching. Ooh, I didn't know goodness. you was gonna preach. Did I, I didn't know he was gonna preach. Either. I didn't know either. I didn't. Have, I would have had my tambourine ready. I'd have wore a suit. Oh man, I'd have pulled out my robe. You know everything. Got my white gloves. Wow. Ooh, Lord mercy, this good stuff, Raquel. Ooh, woo. Mm. I don't forgot what I was going to ask now. You going to be all right, man? Yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm going to be all right. All right. But that's this is hope. This is hope for the future. Now I'm not putting the world's the world's success on you, right? <laughs> I'm like, man, it is such a pleasure. And I'm not being biased when I say this about my kids, but everyone thinks I am. So now I'm saying it about someone else. And I'm like, "Wow. You are just sharing some wisdom here for young folks." Oh, I hope everyone listens to this. We're going to promote this and allow people to listen to it and pick up on what you're saying. And uh, I'm just rambling because I'm just, I don't know what to say. What else? What else? Do I need to get some water. We need to get some water. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> get some water. So, I'm just a vessel. I'm just being available. That's amen. it. Amen. It's not me. I'm just being a vessel. You're amen. doing a phenomenal job. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yes. So let me ask you, um, trying to get back on track here, um, if I can do it for a minute. Um, this pandemic, right, has affected mm-hmm. young folk in a lot of, of, lot of interesting ways. Um, we've heard stories from our, our mental health professionals about young folk coming out of this with depression, anxiety, um, things of that nature. Um, what are your thoughts around that? How would you, you know, you, you just seem to have so much wisdom. Um, how would you say, or what would you say to a young person who may have, who may have been experiencing some of that coming out of this isolated period, this, you know, this period of, of not being able to go to school, not be able to partake in things, just this total isolation. How would, how would a young person, uh, how would you speak to a young person about that? Mm, I would say, uh, don't be so hard on yourself. Uh, be available, but also, oh, yeah, society. Because mm. um, mm. it, 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 it angers me sometimes. I get really angry about that because it, it, is, it, it makes me sad to see uh, kids put so much pressure on what is external that if, like I was saying, if they don't have it, then they feel incomplete. But I would say um, life is life, but you are you. And you have every bit of power to control your destiny and what you want from life. You just have to uh, put in the work, put in hard work, but also see the seasons of life. We have to have, uh, and I know a, a kid may not be able to see this or a young person may not be able to see like the seasons of life. But I feel like the pandemic was a season of everyone looking at themselves. That was a season. It was a season for us to really regroup and find what, what is important in life to place value on those things of just being um, and just living and breathing. Um, 
Also that you're going to be okay. Life fluctuates and you are okay. It's okay that this is the current time of where we are right now. It's okay that, um, you know, we, you know, you feel different and it's okay to be upset. Go through the process because at the end of the day, you got to get that off of you. If you let it stay in, things are going to pile up and then you explode like a, a, you know, full of rage eventually Mm. on the wrong, at the wrong time. So go through the emotions of it. I'm not always happy. I'm, I get angry sometimes, but I express it for myself so it can get out. I don't hold myself back from emotion. Um, And just know, know you ask yourself questions. Who am I? What do I want? Who do I want to be? How do I want to be? And just really hone in on you. That's, that's all. That's yeah. Mm. One of our previous guests echoed that same sentiment, Kim Yes Miller. Mm -hmm. Licensed therapist. She told us it's okay to not be okay. Right. Yes. And that's exactly what you have just told. And I'm hoping somebody out here, somebody I know needs to hear that. Somebody's going to hear it. Somebody needs to hear it. Somebody hears it right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. It's okay not to be okay. It's okay to just be okay. It's so, it's okay. Right. It's okay. Because we have to like, that's part of like the makeup of who we are as beings. Mm. Like the emotion is there for a reason. It's not to reject it. It's not to look down upon it. Just don't stay there. That's why I say express it. So you don't stay there because not expressing it will, you know, like I said, it'll just pile up, pile up, pile up. And then next thing you know, you, you were like, what is it that's making me irritated all the time? Right. Now everything has piled up and it's at the bottom and you don't know the source. Mm. Now you can't overcome it because now you got to dive so deep Mm. to figure out where did it stem from? Oh, it's because I was mad about the pandemic. (laughs) <laughs> oh, well, let me be let me be mad for a little bit and then get over it. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, Raquel. <laughs> so so speaking of the pandemic, did you pick up any new hobbies? Like you have time to do anything right. else with your life. Like she got time. <laughs> like sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> um, dang, did I? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Honestly, I learned how to relax. It was uncomfortable. Ooh, I'm not, the, I don't relax. And I, I struggle with that. I struggle with just sitting still. Like people say, oh, just do nothing. What you mean do nothing? Huh. All I know is to do. I'm like, I don't like, I'm always active. Even if I'm sitting still, I'm actively sitting still. I'm like, hmm, what do I want to write about next? Ooh, this is a great idea. Ooh, that art piece would be amazing wow. if I put the designs this one. Like, this is what my mind is doing 24-7. And I think that's why I always, like, when an idea pops in my head, I got to start it. Like, I just got to do it. I'm like, right. because I'm going to be mad if I don't. So I just, like, the only thing, that's what I did. The, the hobby I picked up was relaxing. Learn how to relax. How to relax. <laughs> that's a good one. It's not that's, wrong that's a pretty that. good one. Yeah. Yeah. Just relax. They said even God rested on the seventh day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He over here looking at me like, will you sit down? And you I'm know, like, I don't sit yourself down for down five minutes, get somewhere. somewhere and sit down. My problem is I I, I think I've, I relax too much during I the pandemic. Know. I do I feel like that too. Sometimes. <laughs> got that those pandemic pounds. Oh that's I gotta, even, that's I gotta, not even talk about that. I got a couple I got a few of those. Ugh. That's not let's not even go there. 
That is this. So this has been, we are coming to the top of the hour, Raquel, and we really appreciate the opportunity to share with you on Avopod. Uh, I am so thankful that I reconnected with your mom um, so that I could ultimately meet uh, the product, the fruit of her wisdom. And I haven't met your dad yet, but I'm sure uh, just by listening and, and looking at you that two of them did a phenomenal, phenomenal job. Yes, they did. Uh, for you and your siblings. And give them our best regards just for that sake. Say, I will. We really appreciate it. So let us uh, share with, or let you share with the folk here. How can people learn more about Raquel John? Or what sites can they go to, blogs, so forth? Okay, um, on Instagram, I am Raquel B. John. And for Purposely You is PurposelyYou.com. That's the blog. That's the website. Um, and you can see all the, once I update the content, because sometimes I take writing breaks because it's just that time for it. But I try to update it like every week. I try to make a post of something that I heard for that week or a lesson. Um, you can reach out to me through email or comments under one of the blog posts if you want to create dialogue about what I wrote. Um, I'm open for conversation and discussion. Like I even like doing sometimes Instagram lives and having people interact with that. So sometimes I'll do that. Um, but yeah, that's where you can find me on Raquel B. John for Instagram and www.purposelyyou.com for the blog. I'm going to encourage my daughters to to check you out a little bit more. So if Please you, if you do, get connected yes. by someone last name Jenkins, it's probably one of my kids. I got you. Probably, <laughs> probably going to ask you to to help them understand why their daddy's so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he is crazy. You know what? What? It's, it's so interesting because like, I will say like at, at the very beginning of my, uh, like being a teenager and even in my early twenties, I did not understand my dad. My dad is a uh, Trinidadian. So he has a Caribbean background. That's a different culture. That's a different way of life. That's a different way of seeing the world and teaching and, and disciplining. So I ha- literally had to like learn like in uh, my dad for who he is as a person. I'm like, dad, who are you? And I'll ask my parents this occasionally. I'm like, I don't want to know what you do. I don't know. Who are you? Who do you feel like you are? And this is how I get to know my parents because like when you're kids, you don't understand why they do what they do. But like, as you get older, especially if you have your parents around, ask, get to know them, you know, um, and just be around them. Like I enjoy being around my parents and I get emotional sometimes thinking about it. I am blessed mm. to have my parents because so many people don't. And mm. it's just that community. It's just beautiful. So just like, you know, if you have your family love on them, you never, cause you never know. Time is so subjective and time is not ours. So don't waste it. Wow. <laughs> we hear you. Feel you, we understand you. Wow. Uh, this has been a blessing and a privilege to have you on. Thank you so much for accepting our invitation to join us. Anything else, Mike? No, I mean, I'm just blown away. Yeah. And I am, I'm, we so appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule because we know you're busy to just share hey. with us. Absolutely. Anytime, anytime. I'm like, conversation and community comes first. I'll put other stuff down. I, I, I'm like, this is important. And we're gonna we're gonna be keeping our eyes open. Yeah, 
and you for make all it your email. Projects. You make it an email from me every now and then asking asking some questions right <laughs> about myself. Ab- please do. It's not. It just make sure everyone knows it's not this creepy old man. You know, <laughs> it's, 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 it's trying to figure out what is he doing. Hilarious. What is he doing with his life? <laughs> Trust me, I understand. No, please. Like, I love conversation. Like, I just I just love talking to, like, all kinds of people. Like, it doesn't matter the age. It doesn't matter. Like, I just, I just, I love talking. <laughs> Absolutely phenomenal. Well, thank you again. We have had the privilege, everyone, of listening and sharing with Raquel John, actress, painter, writer, and I'm going to add this one, evangelist. Yeah. She has given us some insight and we thank you. We appreciate you for being part of Ovopod. Thank you. Thank you for having me.